Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Join me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everyone. And we've got Mad Cat. Hello, hello, hello. We have the dumbass himself. Hey, just stroking my amorphous procreational appendage. And we have special returning guest, Jason Cordova. Hi, everybody. How's everybody By doing? By the way, the, the appendage is called a click mark, if you're curious. <laughs> a click mark. I was curious. Not a nerd click. Okay. <laughs> Shall remember that. And hopefully Ian will be joining us eventually, but, but you know, he set up a special guest and then uh, then vanished. Ran away. Yeah, he just disappeared. He was probably abducted. I think almost certainly. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but probably by. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> well, I, I think, do we have anything uh, before we get started here? Yeah, I would like to say one thing. Yes. Of course the wolf flies. Well, certainly when Sasquatch throws it. Uh, it's... Anybody who's anybody who went out and caught the movie Rampage will get that line. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Mad Cat, what time is it? Hi, it is Ian and Dumbass's masturbation moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The amateur skeptics present Ian's masturbation moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people. While they touch themselves. And so, so we have Jason with us this evening. So I thought it was it was very fitting since we're going to be talking a little bit about UFOs and a little bit about uh, cryptozoology that the masturbation segment should represent that. And so what I have for us tonight is it is um, it's the egg laying fetish that uh, and this is something that dumbass and I know from uh, from the show Slut Ever that we've been watching. <laughs> and and these things are absolutely wild looking. They look like something out of aliens. Yes. Yeah, um, if you can imagine it, they they've got like the tubes and you uh, put the egg through the tube and you can like force it up and it it just, you know, it, it's the the rubber making like going over the shape of the egg as it's being pushed up and like then plopped out like supposedly into you here. It it very much looks like that scene from Aliens. You know where that where the where the queen is laying the eggs. Yes, except inside you. And except inside. Based on yeah. the article, it seems apparent that that is very much the intention. Yes, it does seem like that's very much the intention. Yeah. Oh, they've been doing this for a couple of years. You know, oh, yeah. I, I thought the wildest thing I'd ever seen was uh, the CPAP mask that looks like a face hugger. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have the CPAP mask. Shut up. <laughs> Seriously, I have seen that it is for sale. So this is from uh, a website called Primal Hardware. It's where is where these can be purchased, and they've got all sorts of other you know cool looking stuff. Bad Dragons had stuff like that for a while. Bad Dragon has stuff like that too, and then the other one that I put on here is Kudu Voodoo, and and they've got stuff like that as well. Now the the one question I had, like I saw the Slut Hover episode, and they had uh, some uh, some eggs there that were like just uh, regular uh, plastic or whatever they use. And then they had, like other ones where they were making them out of like gelatin. The, the idea being that uh, if uh, something gets lodged in there or something, then it can just uh, melt and be absorbed by the body. And I'm wondering, what, what do you do if a plastic one gets lodged somewhere in there? You make an interesting story for the uh, <laughs> emergency department and your nearest hospital. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I slipped and fell. This isn't going to work for you. Yeah. <laughs> probably, oh, though. I, probably I was bored, Will. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I think so. I think that, I think that does that applies. That, that's, that's not really an abuse. It's more of the uh, yeah. But what Brian is referencing, there is a show called Scrubs, 
and they went through a whole thing and everybody they they show yeah, said, yes, I've seen I that. fell, I slipped, <laughs> I fell on it. And the last guy says, eh, I was bored. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. <laughs> so, wow. and then the other things that I have is, is you, these just have to be watched. And I have alien masturbating videos. And I, I have three of them, but the only one that is really, the best one is the first one I've got on here. And just this, this alien masturbating with the Titanic music playing underneath him, it, it just cracked me up. And, and I, show, I had to show it to my wife and kids as well. <laughs> Did you show it to your husband? Uh, I, no, I, you're still fourth in line. I, 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 listen, it's in the show documents. He can go look at it if he wants to. <laughs> Very helpful. <laughs> I've, hey, I, I said I've already watched it. <laughs> well, that is that is He did give it to you. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, there. How, how long did it take us? How did we do? I think oh, that was five minutes. We're under we're under ten minutes. So, Jason, thanks for indulging us. I appreciate the quickie. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad this, you're so ah, Nice. Some of the stuff on Bad Dragon actually looks more like uh, like it's a mean green mother from outer space. Well, and I was even thinking it very um, anime ish, you know, uh, anime hentai kind of. That's some the, the kudu voodoo hentai, looks some like of that. Dragon, some of it's. A lot of different stuff and yeah i was yeah. i was going little shop of horrors the musical so yeah yeah, yeah there's one like that too all right a lot of fun so let's move let's move on here and let's talk i guess we're not gonna spend a lot of time here but we do but uh jason wants to address alien abduction author stan romanak found guilty of one of two accounts of child pornography now okay i i want to say here before we get into this that i resent this idea that is wrong to like alien child pornography. Okay, that's there is that's no not where we're going. There is no law on earth that forbids the depiction of alien children in sexual situations, and those of us who appreciate an underdeveloped purple proboscis or the small, just developing suction cups on the tentacles. Okay, we resent being shunned by those of us who want us only to masturbate to mature nude extraterrestrials. Okay, I would like to tell you that that's too much information. But but it's not. You can go on. Very much, TMI, cuz. Well, yeah, I was going to clarify. If if that was the, the 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 root of the problem, then maybe it wouldn't be such an issue, right? But <laughs> unfortunately, Mr. Romanik has has the uh, has the taste for young human girls. Oh, then fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he was um. Now it, it looked like when I was looking around, it looks like. Um, they that they have been looking at him um, in regards to child pornography for quite a while, but he was living in Loveland and they did not have a cyber crimes unit and were not able to prosecute him for the first time that they um, uh, that they went after him. Is that you? Did you did you read that as well? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, that is uh, that is true. Contributes also to the mythos of this kind of um, you know this this elaborate story that he's concocted about the the government following him. A big part of his defense has been about the um, basically that the it's all a conspiracy and uh, you know they're out to get him and discredit him, and that that's that's pretty much the foundation of his defense is that it's a conspiracy to 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 get to him to silence him about his ufo experiences and the problem with that is that it doesn't discredit him i mean as far as his ufo claims this does not discredit him right i mean he he can be he could have been abducted by 
aliens and still be into child porn. Or alien child yeah. porn. Yeah. And I mean to be to be fair to to his point of view, if you have the idea that there's a governmental organization hell bent on discrediting people and covering this kind of stuff up, this probably wouldn't be beyond them. Right. Yes. However, the 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 more the the likelihood of um the FBI being after him and harassing him and all of these this government interference far more likely that he's been followed because of his his illicit interests than it is that they want to silence him for his UFO encounter. I would I would agree I I agree with that. Um I just think that we have to look at these two things as 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 independent, right? Sure. Sure, and then if you uh, add add to all of his other lies and deceit, and um, that he's he's basically he's he's spun quite a web. Now, in mm-hmm. in my previous talk, I did mention that he had, you know, I thought that there was at least a little bit of credibility to his his original encounter. But as things became more and more elaborate, and this perpetuating um as i call it mythos he very clearly demonstrates the characteristics of a cult leader and as he dismissed or accepted certain individuals into his inter inner sanctum so to speak he cultivated a very loyal group of followers that uh really worked diligently to create this this elaborate sort of um the story where he's basically the the center of this you know uh, almost a messiah of sorts where he's supposed to be the father of all these hybrid children and yeah you so know. Let, why don't we briefly go into his story what exactly he claims happened and what happened as a result of that um okay so the brief the brief overview was that he uh he saw a ufo over red rocks he was uh taking some pictures he was taking some videos uh he was trying to convince his at that time girlfriend now wife uh to move out from nebraska to colorado show her how beautiful it was and lo and behold he caught a ufo on the camera and the event spawns a whole bunch of other encounters all of a sudden now he began to remember um he started having uh flashbacks and remembering being abducted and now, all of a sudden, every time he has, uh, this is when he brought his case to MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. He said, look, I've got these videos of uh, this UFO I saw, this and that. Starts getting some attention. And then all of a sudden, every single, every time he's in a group of people, in a group, something, something bizarre happens. Something dramatic is happening. And it just continued to escalate on further and further and further. So, but you, and, you, you're part. You were part of the investigation. You were, you were telling us before this started, right? So, you have more firsthand knowledge here than than any of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. you're telling a story that it, nobody else is telling. Mm-hmm. And, and so, why, why, what makes you credible to tell that story? Uh, I guess it's an interesting question to pose. Um, I was so I was a um, I was a field investigator with the Mutual UFO Network. Um, my cousin and I had gotten into this right after I got out of the Navy. Um, and, uh, at the time it was, 
it seemed to be some really solid, exciting evidence. Like this was awesome, right? This is almost like a carnival ride. Like every time you know, we get something, something's going to happen and we're, we're bound to get some good evidence when, when we're around this person because things are happening left and right. Start evaluating things. Some of his, um, so as we're, as we're going along with it, um, some of the things start to maybe we start to find some inconsistencies in his story. Right. And, uh, he plays it off as a, well, he's just, just an average guy, just a silly old Stan. And, uh, Oh, I don't remember exactly the details of this and that. Maybe it was this, maybe it was that, but this is, this is really how it happened. Um, and then it comes to, you know, I start noticing him doing some kind of Hello. sketchy thing. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Ian. Thanks for interrupting. I have arrived. Yeah. Hello, yeah. oh, Ian. Okay. Hello, Ian. Um, so, yeah. So he starts, uh, we start noticing some inconsistencies in his stories and then, you know, evolving into, you know, catching him in blatant lies. And, you know, that really starts to erode on one's trust and credibility till pretty much it gets to a point where anything he says now becomes questionable. Because, um, you know, you, you lie to me once, lie to me twice, lie to me three times, and so on and so forth. And then it becomes, um, uh, as a matter of my own integrity, I made the choice to distance myself from him and that whole group altogether and the case. And that's about the time where we talked the last time, where I was distancing myself. And, uh, you know, because of the the cult mentality that his followers were adhering to um it became it became difficult to publicly denounce or question him because then uh became we become attacked by that income as being you know government insiders or um what uh you know part of part of the conspiracy or you know disinformationists that kind of thing right. it became really a man really tedious yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty fair to say that if somebody's lying to you all the time, uh, that uh, if you even make an extraordinary, extraordinary claim, they're probably just yanking your click north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, right. And, even, if, so, even if his first encounter was accurate, uh, the video that I recall was the one where he is sitting in a room, he looks out the window he exclaims, he runs out of the room, yeah. then well, no. there's a rubber mask at the yeah. window, the and setup, then he comes back. The setup was he heard someone outside doing something, okay. so he set the camera up and left the room. Well, then he came back and saw the alien face in the window, and oh, look, look! Yeah, he, he he already had the camera set up, you know, I mean, here because they he had claimed that this had been going on for a while. I mean, the, here, here's the thing, is that, so we have all this evidence from him that is pretty credulous. And on top of that, he's produced nothing that couldn't be faked in some way, right? And when yeah. it's reviewed by experts, they come back and say, well, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the videos that he's put forth. But then he, so he puts together this documentary and every single person he's got in this documentary is very much a UFO paranormal investigator that that um, that when you look at their credentials are pretty credulous as well, right? And so you, I mean, in even going down to Claude Swanson, who is the physicist that looked at the um, the equations that that he produced, 
you, I started looking into this guy. He's fascinating too. I mean, he he is claiming all like everything that you know that we have pretty good evidence doesn't work. Cold fusion, right? He's claiming, oh, it's been replicated in five hundred and some odd labs. It's like, okay, where where is that documentation, right? And so, I mean, so every one of these people is is suspect, right? And so we have this documentary that is abysmal and and difficult to watch. And on top of that, everybody who's in it, you know, looks like they're, you know, I don't know. It looks like a shell game. A Roman uh, ecopologist, basically. Yeah. Um, and and I should note, uh, it's important to note that the the documentary was launched or launched on Netflix, coinciding with his sentencing hearing. Very intentionally mm. to distract from right. what was going on. Yeah, I, I got that impression myself. So here we have a guy who says he was being followed by the government, and it looks like he probably was, right? He was he was being tracked, and it, because of the activities that he was into, right, right. So and he he created he had created a, a mythos in order to distract from and and almost you know a very fanciful uh, defense on account of it. Now I, I have to point out to kind of exonerate uh, uh, at least. So there, there's a point in there where some of the some of the we'll call them UFOers for lack of a better term um, are so blinded by what he potentially represents. There came a point where it reminded me of. Do y'all remember uh, in the first season of the Chappelle Show? They had a skit with the black white supremacists. Does anybody? I don't remember. I don't recognize this. Basically, Chappelle plays a blind man from the South who obviously is black, but is so indoctrinated into this white supremacist movement and that the, the white supremacists in it, you know, they're, they're doing like a, a mock dateline interview. Right. And the interviewer is like, what is wrong with you people? Like, are you, are you serious right now? Like, are you going to tell him he's black? What happens if the whole community finds out? And they're like, doesn't matter. He's too important to the movement. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. I see. And, <laughs> and so there's an element of that mentality that uh, feels like is is present here with among his followers like even if they know that he's a pedophile they're still following him because of that well he's too important to the movement kind of thing yeah but he also made himself a big enough of a celebrity within the movement to secure that place and they the conspiracy nuts will buy that defense of well of course the government's going to discredit him because that's where they want him i i still now, say i will say okay go ahead there there are there are UFO researchers who do have some integrity and are grounded in the sense that um, have completely uh, dis, uh, distanced themselves, and uh, he's he's been he's been excluded from a number of com- conferences um, recently based on who he is and what he's done, um, and uh, it has been more difficult for him to get footing outside of a very very niche group so i want to make that statement clear that not all of the ufoers are unhinged and uh, bought into his here's what i what i kind of like i i like the idea that some aliens in order to keep an eye on him apparently they like this wasn't the first time he did it that's why he set up the camera so like in order to keep an eye on him they routinely just sneak up to his window to peek in on him <laughs> I just like the idea that there's some alien species out there. Oh, like, well, uh, no, no, no. Maybe he has, you know, aluminum in his 
in his uh, household so that the aliens have to go and pee because they can't see through the aluminum <laughs> with their devices. But if you if you look at his history and his claims and stuff, the aliens are obsessed with him like crazy. They're, they're like, oh my god, this is our human guy. We have to follow no matter what because we will be everywhere in his life. Well, Send Zulnark that... to sneak up to the window again. Want to find out what he's up to. <laughs> mm. I think they'd right. uh, take him and keep him if they liked him that much. All right. Well, I think we should move on. I think I think that's enough. You know what? Spin. It was probably the alien peeking in the window who saw him looking at child porn. <laughs> oh. Jeez. And told the government. There we go. Yes. Ratted him out. There we yeah. go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's move on. Head of Pentagon secret UFO office sought to make evidence public. So where's so this is coming from the Washington yeah. Post. Okay. Good counter. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Hello. <laughs> Oh, there he goes. <laughs> All right. So what? Well, um, what, what's what? What is the Pentagon's secret UFO? They, they, they. Is this? Do we know for sure that this exists? So yeah, basically, this is a um, gentleman named Lou Elizondo. He's a uh, uh, Army intelligence officer and uh, went on to direct a, a division. Uh, known as ATIP, the Advanced Aerial Threat Protection Program, and they uh, the purpose was intended to investigate uh, encounters with very very specifically our military aircraft encountering unknown objects flying about. Right. So anytime you scramble a something is unknown, we scramble an F eighteen or an FX F sixteen. Go look at it. And uh, what uh, the, the purpose there was to evaluate what the heck is going on in our skies. They had a $22 million budget. And um, based on a, a couple of different uh, interviews, if you look up, look, look uh, a little deeper into Lou Elizondo, you know, he's a, he's a soldier and he's a patriot and he's not about to disclose anything that is uh, not as yet declassified, but he's since been retired, and he's um, coming out talking about some some of the things that they did and evaluated. That's mm. basically uh, the core of what this uh, what this article is talking about. So, but I mean, if something is a UFO, it just means that it's not identified, right? So, and so yeah, in order to uh, help. Pre- uh, within the government, you'll find they, they use a couple different terms, right? UFO was coined by the Air Force, actually, uh, in the Project Blue Book um, investigations. And they've since come to term UAP, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, as a, uh alternative to UFO because of the connotations that it's taken on. Right, because it, it is a problem that if, I mean, just because something is identified does not make it alien. Yeah. And I think that there right. needs to be a distinction there. What the what the what it looks like this program is doing is, yes, there are things flying around that we might not be able to identify and they need to be investigated. And that's what that's what we're doing here, right? Absolutely. And, and I would okay. hope, I would hope that it's being investigated. <laughs> sure. No, I, I did a um, survey online for a girl who was doing a report on UFOs and aliens and stuff, and that was one thing. One of her questions was, do you believe in UFOs? I'm like, yes, I completely believe in UFOs, 
But um, you need to understand, UFO does not equal alien. And in all of all the questions he had like that, I emphasize, mm-hmm. you know, you need to make sure there's a distinction between unidentified flying objects and proven alien. Um, and, and so, it yeah, seems the connotations be, there. Yeah. And the media is um, partially to blame for that. They do try to um, not... Uh, make it clear that I know the media is not like this evil, <laughs> evil kind of entity, but there, there's, there's a certain entertainment aspect to it. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the interviews do seem to, they, they try to corner their, their interviews, uh, or their guests into, you know, going that direction. And, uh, you'll notice that, um, Lou Elizondo, uh, is very clear that it's not necessarily alien. Now, Jason, he will. Yeah, you know, long before, um, long before the X Files, there was a television show called Project UFO, which was about the Air Force's Blue Book, fictionalized. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that one, or if anybody but heard of it. remembers it. Okay, I think I rem- yeah, yeah, I might have seen it, but I, I don't remember exactly. It. But, remember yeah, it. Ma- mainstream media and the entertainment industry have taken UFO and really has connected it to the aliens so much that it, it is hard for people to separate the two when they're um, being talked about. Well, we really uh, don't know the difference because, you know, President, uh, your president hasn't tweeted about it yet. So. <laughs> right. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> I'm sorry, it. it's just a, <laughs> too easy. Yeah, I don't think anyone here voted for him, but we're all stuck with him. Well, dumbass voter. Well, I even did. well, but I mean, to, I to the <laughs> yeah, right. I, but I, I'm, a, I'm Canadian, but you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, in a mail order ballot, I just addressed uh, uh, it to the government, United States, and put <laughs> want Trump. Yeah. Uh, according to Trump, voter fraud is huge, so you probably did without knowing it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I voted for Trudeau, so we're even. <laughs> 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 Thanks. <laughs> No, but at least he knows how to do a handshake without being pulled into it. He so. does. He, he was ready, like, wasn't he? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, like turning into a torpedo before it has a chance to arm itself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, President Carter claimed to claims to have seen a UFO. Yes, he did. And uh, but I think that it was probably Venus. But that said, we don't know. <laughs> You've been watching X Files. No, no, it would be nice to have some something that's. Uh, like data looking into this and you know like um is it, is it something that still happens is like uh, apparently there are like pilots run into uh some stu- unidentified stuff in the sky on occasion and it'd be nice to have some sort of reporting of that how often does it happen does the uh, frequency well, of it change over time with some of like this that. you get the impression the government probably knows you know what those really are whether they're alien or not and there are reasons why they um are keeping it secret. It's like if, if they're testing experimental aircraft that um, they don't want other countries to know about, that's going to become a UFO. And the government's definitely going to deny the existence of it. So I think that plays a big part into it, um, keeping certain things um, secret that, that you know the government fully knows, and they're the guilty party of doing it. But you know, you, you it's it's kind of like a corporate thing where you keep everything you're up to as secret as possible, and you deny anything that slips out. Right, but one of the things that you that you hear, and and we heard this from Stan Romanek a lot, that there are people that that don't want to accept this because it destroys their worldview. And I I've never met anybody, well, maybe some extreme religious people, that that that's actually yeah. true of. I mean, yeah. for for it doesn't destroy my worldview. I mean, it, no. Well, 
I actually was having a conversation about this at a party last night. Um, all the skeptics I know of would love, love it if uh, the aliens landed. I mean, how cool would that be to actually pr have proof that there is life from other planets visiting Earth? That would be the awesome. It's not that the, we don't want to believe it. It's that we've not seen the evidence that backs it up. And the argument, the argument that it would destroy worldviews is very antiquated, by the way. That's yeah. based on a survey done, what, 30, 40 years ago? Is it? Well, and, at least. Yeah. And, and it's, if that same kind of survey was done today, um, oh, it would be a different story. Yeah. Um, and if, even if you, even among some of the, the, the bigger religions, because um, we, we we've done some some research into this to to uh, kind of just really look at what does what do these religious institutions say about it, and most of them are pretty open about it. It's like um, I mean, you've got the Catholic Church and the Pope saying um, if they're out there, there are what there are galactic brothers. I think those were the uh, specific the 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 wording. Um, you can look up the. Um, the Vatican Observatory. Uh, surprise! The Vatican operates uh, an observatory. Yes, they do. Yeah, I in fact, yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, they they have a head um, astrophysicist too. That is a, a yep. that is a priest. Interesting guy. Yep, Jesuit priests. They're they're an interesting group. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there there's been some statements about that kind of thing. Um, Buddhists. Yeah, everybody's everybody's pretty <laughs> much <laughs> everyone's invited. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and, and here's you know, the thing. I, I think uh, so there's this be impression that the panic... I think yeah. the Dalai yeah. Lama said something about it, too, hasn't he? Yeah. I think there's mm -hmm. this impression that the public is a lot more panicky than they really are. Um, I mean, a, a, a lot of it, I think, comes from like that um, War of the Worlds myth that yeah. it, it right. turns out it really wasn't as huge a deal as uh, it comes down through in history. People didn't... There wasn't a lot of rioting in the streets or anything about that. Maybe there was maybe no a, rioting in the streets. Yeah, maybe <laughs> okay. a, may, maybe a few people ran out into the streets or something. Got got a little panicked. I, I don't okay. know, but yeah. it, it wasn't there. There it wasn't a huge deal. Right. Oh, the broadcast yeah. wasn't even as listened to as the myth would have you believe. It wasn't even that heavily listened to. It was great publicity. To, but, yes, it, it was. was great publicity. But anyway, yeah, like anytime, like on a TV show, like you, you see something like. Um, like technology stops working and suddenly people are out in the streets rioting. And it's like, well, why would they do that? I mean, like, I remember the, um, the, the big, uh, the, the big, uh, power up from was it 2003, I think, where like the whole, like, uh, US and Canada went dark. And that, that was like for days and like nobody was rioting. I think really, especially today, people really don't care as much <laughs> as people think about anything. <laughs> people really don't care. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, all right. Well, I mean, people would definitely care if we had proof of extraterrestrial life. People, And there, there uh, I think there would be people who are upset about it, and uh, there, there would be a lot of discussion and a lot of, uh, a lot of very mixed feelings. But I, I don't think there would be panicking and, you know, rooting, uh, rioting, looting in the streets and stuff like that. I, I think it would be a little more civil. I think it would be kind of a combination between like the political debates going on and uh, the uh, the division between Star Wars fans over the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be good for the Jehovah's Witnesses because that way they can witness to somebody who might might actually want to listen for a while. You would Ooh, think that. Yeah, they would have great time with that. 
you would think that. No, no, I think I would, I would think expect that, yeah. that they would further seclude themselves into the mountain. <laughs> I, would, I imagine you're correct. <laughs> I assume the Westboro no Baptist can... Church would find some way to uh, protest the aliens. Well, they're probably yes. gay. <laughs> they're going to hell because because they're aliens. Right. That's probably true. They haven't heard the good word, so. All they heard is a bad word. We have strayed way far from our article here. <laughs> so let's let's we bring it back. This is our M.O. It is true. It is our M.O. <laughs> I I don't know. I think it's kind of come full circle. I mean, the point that uh, here we have, uh, it's kind of a showing showing the uh, <laughs> the evolution of of public perception, and that yeah, there's an acknowledged government program to study study UFOs. You know, I I I watch a lot of. I think you may have picked up on the fact that I watch a lot of movies and TV. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting in the media perception of aliens is it seems to fall into two categories. If one alien comes here, then that alien is peaceful and he is hunted by the government. <laughs> if a bunch of aliens come here, they're coming to wipe us out. <laughs> well, that's, that can mm-hmm. be true. Mm-hmm. I will cite Paul. I will cite Starman. Um, <laughs> oh, but it, it, it's uh, Prot and K-Pax. Mm-hmm. There was one the where the alien, there was a lone alien guy, and his catchphrase was like, I come in peace. And then I think Dolph oh. Lundgren blew him away. Go yep. in peace. I remember that. And the movie was actually oh. titled, I Come in Peace. Okay. Yeah, and then I love that one. Just so because that, that was of that reference alien of that, you go yeah. in pieces. <laughs> that was a lone alien destroyer. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. But mm-hmm. that's that's still an aberration. I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> That's not an alien. <laughs> they you know, were aliens. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper. It might be. <laughs> I mean, this has been discussed by uh, by the Dalai Lama as well. It has been also discussed by... Uh, sure. Uh, who just passed away? Uh, the late Stephen oh, Hawking. Yeah. Stephen, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Art Bell There's... just passed away too, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I saw that. On Friday the 13th. Yep. Who wow. did? Art, Art Bell. Bell. Coast to, oh. uh, coast to coast AM. Oh. He's, he's, he's a radio host here in the States, who, and he has had yeah, he has yeah, lots yeah. of people. Yeah, I um, just didn't hear, yeah. hear it properly. But, you know. my volume a bit. So, he but, had a conspiracy show or something, right? Uh, yeah, essentially. Yep. Well, it was more than that. I mean, he, he talked to, he would talk to anybody who had a claim, pretty much. In, in it, basically, yeah, he was, he was uh, a journalist who had an interest in, in the strange and unusual and you had a very long career as as a radio host of that show and and yes pretty much uh entertained anything and everything yeah he would give anybody a platform and i would say and i think um the guy who took over from george snorri will do the same thing he he will entertain anybody and that's fine it, it leads to very some very interesting shows very interesting discussions. Some and some of the guests are way out there, and some are some are pretty pretty on the level. Sure, but you know that. So the one thing, though, I mean, one of the reasons that skeptics are so hard on this stuff is because we'd like it to be true, right? And so if if this stuff exists, we we want we want to be sure, and so the evidence has to be extremely good. Yes, and, and so I'm going to say, just I agree. myself. I like to believe in this. Well, maybe not believe. Maybe it's a thing. I kind of hope this stuff is true, and I like to live my life kind of thinking it's true, but I won't claim that it's true. Right. I don't know if that's a belief or what you'd call that. 
I don't know. I, I, yeah, it, it, would, it would be really cool if it was true, right? I mean, if we if we found aliens, yeah. that would be that would be awesome. And yeah. I like to imagine let me, let there are aliens out there doing something, you know, not ready to introduce themselves to us formally or whatever. And I, I like to think, and uh, I like to think maybe there's a small portion of the sightings that are that. Uh, I I would all right. So there's a couple things uh, that that brings to mind. One. We know, like, we'll, we'll take any UFOs, any kind of any kind of phenomena. It's, at this point, the best we can do uh, is assess whether or not something is explainable by conventional means, right? And you can break it down to, say, you take all of the UFO sightings. Ninety-nine percent of them can be boiled down to explainable by conventional means. Now, one percent. Then comes to we could leave it as something unexplainable, right? We can't explain it by any other means. We can de- only determine that this is not something else, because really, when it comes down to it, what what constitutes a an alien artifact, right? Uh, that becomes extremely difficult to pin down. Um, and then we come to the question of because you talk about wanting to believe, right? Like Agent Mulder with this poster up. You sure. want to believe, right? And uh, but I wonder because I've had this. I've, I've I've had a number of debates with skeptics who might be uh, are very atheistic in their approach. I like to call, you know Darwin something atheist. And then there's you know you've got the so-called true believers, and then there's folks that are kind of in the middle that are a little more agnostic in their approach, right? Ones who say. Uh, I believe that maybe something could be there, but I don't know. It depends maybe on how you define atheist kind of and agnostic. And yeah, uh, there, there's a big discussion on that. Atheists tend to like to be uh, forward a certain definition, and it's probably not the place to go into all that right now, but I'm just mentioning sure. that for. Well, and for the context of my argument is, so in this context, say there's a, a you know, Nothing is real. Nothing exists. And everyone who claims anything other than the, the, the concrete defined scientific laws are completely unhinged and uh, you need to prove beyond any kind of reasonable doubt. Right. Oh, like my husband. And there's there's the kind of centrist middle camp that's, yeah, maybe there's something, maybe not. And I'd like to see more about it. And then there's the so-called true believers. And it seems like a. Most people kind of fit in some kind of a spectrum. Well, that. I think that that's, Does that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think that that's probably. I mean, basically, I mean, I think that you, 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 there, there's, there's a difference between atheism and agnosticism too, right? There's right the, because there's gnosis and then there's belief. And mm-hmm. here's the thing: is that I, most of most of us on this podcast probably fall into the agnostic atheist category, in that we don't believe that there's a god. And but yet we don't know that there isn't not one, right? We, that we don't mm. we don't have evidence for absence, right? Other than uh, I mean, right. but but we can't but we can't but the evidence doesn't lead us to believe that he exists, and that's that's where I also would would be with extraterrestrials, right? Are they out there? I don't know, but I but I but the evidence that we have to this point doesn't lead me to a belief that they visited us, right? And I think that's the most honest place to be. Because mm-hmm. I because we don't know. But I just like to say I have no problem with people like if if you don't know something I have no problem with people putting their coin down and saying 
yeah, this is the way I think it is. And I'm going to go on that assumption as long as you realize that uh, it's a pretty uh, weak assumption and, you know, don't uh, there's no need to, like, really defend it if you don't have evidence for it. You just say, that's kind of the way I think it is, but um, could be different. Right. Yeah, that's fine. Plus, anyway, we look at it. Uh, what is the specific thing we're talking about? What is a god? What is an alien? What is, you know, so it's an awful lot of variables uh, for people to say, well, I don't believe in aliens, but they believe in certain other parts like, uh, let's say, the uh, scientific uh, information about organisms that come on a asteroid. Right, panspermia or something. Right. Sure. So what is the normal, what is the belief system here on which is what? I think I've kind of lost the thread of this conversation. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to bring it back, I guess uh, Jason was just trying to find out kind of where we, where we, where we, where we fell on this, right? Mm, true. And I think, uh, I think Mad Cat had something about a pan of sperm. <laughs> <laughs> But My mean, brain went off somewhere correctly. else as per normal. That's okay. <laughs> we know that. I think I think we can are we ready to move on, Jason? Oh yeah. So yep. so we're gonna talk about Bigfoot. Cool. That, right. right, that blurry thing that uses vortexes to get around. <laughs> or, yeah, something I, I like that. or something like that. Or something like that. I don't that. know if you've been following the I don't know if you've been following the podcast, Jason, but uh we proposed a theory. I, I proposed a theory that uh Bigfoot the reason that we always get blurry pictures of him is that he is actually naturally, and those are those are accurate pictures. The, the pictures are clear, the but, but the clear, being itself but is, is blurry. Him, right. Bigfoot uh, himself is blurry because he uh, lives at a, at a different vibrational rate than us. Uh-huh. And that's why he's so hard to find. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds like as good a theory as any. <laughs> yep. It's just and believe it or not, I've, I've heard... I've heard similar things from so-called researchers. I'm <laughs> not joking. Oh, I don't consider myself a researcher. No, no, no. We're... I'm more of a theorist. <laughs> oh. yeah. The reason you get laughter here is because yeah. we believe that you're not joking. That's the problem. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's a sad thing. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so um, where, where are we, where are we going to so, go from here? So it looks like Ian posted uh, the, the Wikipedia article giving yeah. the overview of Bigfoot. Um, so if you don't mind, if you want to maybe you could just introduce that real quick. I need to step away for just a second. and I'll be right back. OK. And uh, so maybe for the listeners, the general overview of what Bigfoot is. Well, I'm just going to outright say that Mac is probably wrong. And so we we need to reel it back a little bit. Mac, read us the Wikipedia piece. All right, uh, I'll I'll read the the basic gist. So Sasquatch redirects to the Wikipedia page for Bigfoot. Um, so does Bigfoot is and uh, in North American folklore, Bigfoot or Sasquatch is a hairy, upright, walking, ape-like being who reportedly dwells in the wilderness and leaves behind large footprints. Strongly associated with the Pacific Northwest, particularly Washington State and British Columbia, individuals claim to see the creature across North America. Over the years, the creature has inspired numerous commercial ventures and hoaxes. I That wasn't your description? That was the Wikipedia description. Oh, I thought that maybe it was the description of you. No. 
No, I have uh, I have inspired many hoaxes, but no commercial ventures. Oh, it's the hair thing. Uh, it's the hair thing. When right. they are talking about commercial ventures about Bigfoot, though, they are primarily referring to the Jack Lynx commercials, where they have Bigfoot and dried meat. Hey, did I ever cover the um the woman in California that is suing about uh, suing the the uh, what the California state legislator about Bigfoot? I don't know if you don't. Doesn't sound immediately. Uh, I haven't heard that one. I, I thought I had put it in the notes at one point, but is she uh, is she is she suing him for is she suing you? Yeah. Uh, so California woman, Bigfoot is real. Lawsuit has been dismissed, and so ba- ba- um, they, she's she has dismissed this for now, but she intends to bring it back. But apparently, um, her lawyer told her that the suit that she had filed was. Um, uh, not a good one, and and ba- and so based on his recommendations and recommendations of others, she's re- she's repealed the suit. And I forget exactly why she was suing them, but she is claiming that Bigfoot is real. And um and oh yeah, she and she wanted the California legislature to acknowledge that Bigfoot was real, and she was going to sue them to get them to do so. Oh, I think this, uh, okay, I good. think this about child support. I honestly do. I think it's about child support. You think that she has a a Sasquatch love baby? It's possible. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll add this to the notes since I brought it up. But yeah, um, but apparently she also has some footprints of uh, of Bigfoot. I believe I have seen articles about. Her. You might have. Now she's not the same one. Too. She's not the same one from Minnesota that has told us that Bigfoot likes to eat uh, blueberry bagels. Well, who the hell doesn't? I mean, that's also, not unusual. Exactly. Not exactly an extraordinary claim, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, deer do too. Uh, all you right, know, we, so. were, we were talking about uh, the the monster erotica. Is, is it possible that Bigfoot <laughs> originated as the fantasy of some monster and foot fetishist? Oh, I like it. <laughs> Good one. I was uh, so I was discussing the Jack oh. Links commercial. You were gone, also. Oh yeah. Which so, are yeah, there's a, funny, there's a, yeah. There's a big movement of um, Bigfoot in the media, like being used as a uh, you know marketing tool, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I have a and um, the note about Bigfoot and sex. There, there is if well, you're. a big thing with that. Yeah. We actually covered uh, we covered Bigfoot erotica in a podcast one night. <laughs> yes, we did. did. Yeah. And there was also something specifically about erotica. erotica. Specifically erotica. That should. I, I don't think that that should surprise you at that point. That's not exactly an extraordinary claim at this point. So Mm-mm. did you did you actually go into reports of uh, like talking like hundred year old reports in various there's villages throughout the world where um, they have these folkloric tales of something like a Bigfoot either being found near the village and brought back and interbreeding with them or people being snatched up and taken to nearby communities of something resembling a Bigfoot, a creature, uh, and having similar things happen to them. And then uh, sometimes there are children and sometimes not. But there are uh, numerous reports of this kind of thing happening. And most of them come about 100 years old or so. Um, but that's fairly, fairly common, common occurrence, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, we, I think we were just pretty much we're, talking, we're about talking, uh, talking about early 1900s uh, reports from uh, of people being abducted by Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't talking well, about that. Talking, it's the other way around. 
but you're also talking around the world, which means that some of these are not Bigfoot, but maybe maybe Yeti or other variations. Yeah. Yeti, Ulna, Yaoi, uh, depending. Yeah, everybody has their own name for them. They all bear remarkable similarities. So, uh, like, how, so, how come nobody well, got managed to get a specimen to uh, show to the scientific community then? If this was like uh, happening so much, because they're because they're in isolated rural communities, and uh, and for Paul, somebody would have might have probably shot one and like uh, stuffed it. I mean, taxidermy was still a, a thing people did back then. Or maybe or, they revered see, them, or they were scared of them. Or it's very well. least maybe a bone. Really. Not a priority to me. What? <laughs> a boner? A boner or a skull, I said. Oh. Uh, a boner. <laughs> we've, we've confused them because we've just talked too much about sex. All right. Okay. Back, back to. Yeah. But, okay. Let's, let's, let's go back to the article at hand. And this is evaluating the alleged Sasquatch footprints and their um, inferred functional morphology. Yeah. And this is actually Science. from um, uh, Iowa State University. Yep, Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Okay, and who is Dr. Jeff Meldrum? He is the uh, he is the chair, I believe, of the anthropology department there. Hmm. He also has a he has a uh, he inherited the collection of these um, Bigfoot print casts. A researcher named Grover Krantz, um, and he's contributed to them uh, over the years as well. So people encounter them and. They go out and uh, they collect these footprint casts. And basically, it's a survey of data um, noting consistencies and maybe discounting other uh, outliers and whatnot. Um, basically, uh, this collection has uh, provided a, a good basis of evidence for some statistical data to evaluate some commonalities to what they believe is you know, fits what would be called a, uh, what would fit into uh, their definition of a Sasquatch or a as yet unknown North American grade eight. Most notably uh, the shape, the shape and um, evidence of what they call uh, a metatarsal hinge. So thinking about the physics of a creature of the size and uh, build of what a Sasquatch uh, is said to be, uh, it would not make sense that an oversized human foot would work the same way. Um, so based on the, the, the morphology of uh, these footprints, things seem to add up that indicate something different. So a hoaxer probably wouldn't think of, you know, oh, well, if I've got a creature that weighs, you know, maybe maybe a thousand pounds or more, we'll say that if, if I was to just have a very in, a, enlarged human foot that might actually break in half had, if I were to take these steps. So okay, based so, on yes. uh, one of the, uh, one of the articles I was looking at the Wikipedia page was talking about a, talking about a grizzly bear that was killed, that was named Bigfoot, but uh-huh. it was evaluated at about 2000 pounds of, you know, so we're basically talking about, a comparably right, right. sized creature, so Bigfoot would probably have to weigh at least a ton. Thank you, thank you. Bigger, heavy, very, very large, uh, very large creature. So they theorize that this, um, uh, the ankle, 
would be moved slightly forward to where the human foot is and that there's a second set of um, knuckles or so in located somewhere around in the center of the foot, making it uh, more, 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 more agilely associated with, with a creature of this size and build. Okay. Jason, can I ask you a quick question here? Sure. Um, do we have any, any comparable anatomy in any other of the great apes, gorillas or anything like that? Do we have comparable uh, I, anatomy in the way that they move? I do believe that the gorillas have a similar. Basically, it's more like the foot is more like a hand. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. All right. So it does. It does make good sense. And gorillas. Yes. But these are also erect walkers, not knuckle draggers. So, um, so maybe somewhere in between. Right. Now, how tall and, are Sasquatches? Uh, anywhere between ten to twenty feet tall. I've heard reports. Twenty wow. feet. Yikes. Yep. That would be hard to miss. Uh, and take somewhere an average of around average is more around 10 to 15. But then again, you know, it's, it's just like with a UFO, it's very difficult to assess size and distance if you don't have uh, a, you know, a, a reference point, right? Um, like a clear definitive reference point. So these are, right. those sizes are assessed by eyewitness accounts and, um, and footprint casts. So without a hip bone, right? Uh, so, you know, you could take, there's, there's theories that it's something like a Gigantopithecus, right? We don't know if Gigantopithecus was an upright walker or a knuckle dragger because we've never found a hip bone. Right. All found are, you know, skull and tooth fragments. So we wouldn't even have an ankle or something to compare here. Right. Right. So there's, there's a lot of holes in the, you know, there, there's a lot of missing pieces to even the, the, uh, primatology or uh, paleontology of a lot of these uh, primates that might fit similarities to what Sasquatch could potentially be. Is this the same Richard that, that goes into the, um, the, what is it? The dermal ridging on the footprints as well, or is that a different researcher that talks about dermal ridging? Is that right? That the, I mean, basically your footprint, it, the dermal ridges, right? That would be an actual, right. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's in this paper or not. I, I know what you're talking about, though. I don't remember if it's in this one or not. But yes, I've heard of that. The idea that they have fingerprints yeah. on there. The, the, there's on a, there's a researcher. That. Yeah, there's a, a Bigfoot reacher out there. And he, the, the evidence that, can, that he was convinced on was the dermal ridging. And he was an expert in dermal ridging. Hmm? I mean, this is it's, it's very interesting. difficult to get a cast of that, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It, how are you? You have to have some really, really good, good casting. Well, to be able to. Yeah. That was one of my issues when when I heard it, when I heard him talking mm-hmm. was where did these things come from and why did they get such good specimens? Because mm-hmm. every because uh, I'm looking at everything here and there's no dermal ridging in any of the stuff that they've got here. Yeah, I, I don't think it's in that one. Okay, and uh, I, Brian, I honestly I remember I don't remember who proposed. Brian, that. Yeah, okay. Quick thing. Uh, Ian would like to be added back to the call. Oh, he he can has to add himself. Okay, I'll. I'll... He his internet cut out, uh, aka the government was trying to silence him. <laughs> right, he can and, just uh, he can just reconnect. He doesn't have to be added. I don't. I'm just I'm just relaying the message. He, don't shoot the messenger. He doesn't know how to use Skype. Don't shoot the messenger. All right, Ian. Shoot Whoever the knows how to use Skype. Skype. <laughs> 
Yeah. Who knows how to use Skype from version to version? No, that's true. All right. Let's go on. So, okay. we, do, so we don't know if he's the dermal ridging guy or not. I don't think. I don't. You don't think, think he, he is. is. Okay. Um, I've got. I've got one in my book here, and I'm trying to cross reference while okay. we're talking. But um, I know what you're talking about. I've heard of it, and yeah. I know it's a thing, but I don't remember. We'll have to get back to you on. Okay. That, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, but actually, so that's those are um, some of the better. Um, that that's something solid. Something. Yeah, they're awfully human-like, though. I mean, in the way that they look, I understand what they're saying about about how the impression was was put down, but it, without having something underneath it to measure that, I mean, how how, how do they how do they get that much detail from these footprints? Um, they so, said that the footprint measured about thirty-five centimeters. I noticed in the article. So yeah, they're very big. Yeah. And yeah, like the argument with Yeti, for example, you know, you see a footprint in the snow, the snow melts and it makes it look bigger. Okay. Right. But in mud, uh, a lot of these are coming from, from, you know, peat and mud and, yeah. and uh, more, some, more some, solid materials. Some of them look too perfect for me. There's a few of them that look, um, the, 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 it's too smooth, too fine of, um, lines and such, which I definitely would question. Here's the thing. Is that, you know, we know when we make, when you walk around and you leave a footprint, it's not perfect. I mean, the only place we've ever seen those, like on the moon, where the, the soil reacts a certain way because there's no atmosphere. But here on Earth, um, there's going to be imperfections within a footprint. Like Yes, but then again, definitely have left some really good footprints. You know, if you got a good, well, yeah, a I'm nice, not, soft, muddy spot. Yeah. No, not that all of them look fake, but there are a few that, to me, look straight out like someone probably carved a wooden thing and stuck it in there to um, leave the footprint. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and you can see the the pictures there of the midtarsal hinge and the forward uh, forward ankle stuff. So the other thing, if you notice, there's um the kind of the the differential. It's like there's two 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 pieces, almost like a uh, how to how to explain that. Uh, they show the diagram further down for a larger view. Click image. Uh, the Patterson Gilman film subject actually that. Yeah. Um, and that kind of segues into the next. It does. You know, here's I I still have a article. lot of issues. I the Patterson Gimley film I don't think is very good. And I and I've watched it and I've heard what a lot of people have to say about it. And I know it convinces a lot of people. But man, the just the amount of drama that goes on, but behind that. And in, in, in the actual people claiming that, you know, that they help with the fake and, and looking at it, I just, I don't, I, I, Brian, I, you know, the, the thing about the Patterson Gimli film is it was filmed from such a low angle and you can hear the breathing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah. You said Patterson Gimli. Oh. Gimli, Gimli happens. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, is that, am I saying that wrong? It was Gimlin. Patterson it's Patterson Gimlin. Gilman. Gilman. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, it's Gimlin. It's G-I-M-L-I-N. Uh, this, this is going to go okay. on in history like the uh, the whole thing about the uh, IED. <laughs> Shit. Birth control. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that, was, that one was really bad. Woo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. Um, Jason. Wh- yeah. Way back when we covered a bizarre um, Bigfoot story where they were claiming that Bigfoot the big feet are um, extra dimensional creatures, and that's why we can't find any um, sign of them on our mm-hmm. level of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, needless to say, we kind of ripped that apart. We felt it was a bit absurd and a bit of a one of those cop out excuses. Mm-hmm. And I, I think 
there, there is a logic of if we see these creatures enough, we're going to find evidence. Yet, outside of the footprints and these um, really blurry videos and pictures, I mean, we can't find any scat. We can't find um, right. any remains of them. We can't find anything that um, is clearly a den. Uh, it, it's amazing how evasive they can be, yet pop up every so often for a picture. A blurry picture. Yeah. yeah. Well, now let me throw something out here um, that I've I've heard of. Um, doesn't have anything to do with Bigfoot, but it has. It does have to do with something that is supposed to have been an extinct creature before long before we settled this continent but you the essentially the stories about speak for yourself kimosabe yeah right but the stories about uh stories about native americans having seen creatures that match the description of mastodons and having Mm -hmm. hunted these creatures were like two generations back from when when white people started heading west Mm -hmm. they were only two or three generations back so there's, I, I think there's still a lot of room for for mystery in the world and things that are, you know, we're finding new animals every day, most of them down in South America, but but they're small. The other thing is that the the animals that we're finding that we that are verified are are fairly small. This is a large yeah. mammal running around North America. I mean, yeah. it's 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 possibly it's, twenty feet tall. That's yeah, it's much harder to believe. Arguably, arguably a very small population. Well, but that's yeah. the problem. What what is it? What is a what is a viable breeding population? Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, that is a good concern. Is like how are how genetically diverse are they? I mean, I've I've heard that three thousand would be the minimum you would need for a genetically diverse population, which means that so, I mean, so and if we had three hundred thousand in a forest three hundred thousand. I'm sorry, three thousand. Three thousand. But three thousand spread in, throughout an entire continent. Well, but here's the thing: is that okay? But this is we're talking about a breeding population. How, how are they traveling back and forth to breed without being seen and and leaving no evidence? VW microbuses. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, they in the the Wikipedia article I put on there, they talk about one um such. Bigfoot sighting being a diseased um, bear. And that reminded me of the chupacabra. Um, all, all the sightings of the chupacabra where they actually caught the creature, it's like, oh, well, this is a diseased raccoon, a diseased possum. Yeah. It doesn't look like a raccoon or possum because, you know, it's sick. And so um, I, I'm I, I'm more of the belief that the, a lot, if the real sightings are probably diseased bears because that fits with the science and the logic we know of. Yeah, and bear with mange. That has been there. Yeah, a bear, a bear with mange, it would be, would kind of have that appearance, right? But it certainly if would not leave these footprints. Dealing with an underground. I mean, they do have, but, they have two hundred of these foot of these casts. Well, this has over a hundred casts. I read somewhere else that they said that they had two hundred. But I mean, we do have, they have a hunt. They they're evaluating a hundred casts of these footprints, and and that to me is very interesting that they that they have managed to collect that many footprints, right? I mean, the, here's the thing: is that these footprints did come from somewhere. People collected these. Are they now whether or not they're fakes or not? I mean, so it's hard to say. I think this raises raises another question though. I think a lot of a lot of the the research uh, or or the the perception, right, is coming from a very anthrocentric point of view. The assumption that that a creature is not as intelligent as a human being, right? So I do not have that point of view. 
I have an aviocentric <laughs> I believe parrots are more intelligent. Which, which that's an awesome point, and I'm glad you went there. Crows, corvid species, are oh, yeah. also very similarly uh, intelligent. Now, imagine you know all of the other great apes or primates besides humans. Arguably, humans are not as intelligent as we give ourselves credit for, right? Um, that's true. Crows, crows hold funerals. Uh, they take care of their own dead. They collect. Um, they collect the feathers. They, they well, they there, there's some debate as to whether up. there's debate as to whether it's an actually a funeral or more of a post mortem where they're trying to figure out what the danger is to other crows. True. But yeah, they do. They do attend and their own fair. dead, and they attend their own dead, and they clean up. Right? They clean up after themselves. But there's still evidence. They don't don't clean up so good that that we can't that we don't know that it you know where it happened and 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 that stuff has to go somewhere. But crows outnumber humans on the planet also right so imagine a similarly intelligent being with a much smaller population and again that's assuming you know we're, we're as, uh, applying a lot of assumptions to um what we know of of primate behavior well and or you've what got we a, think we know if you know. you've got a similarly intelligent being with a much smaller population, you've also got a population that is uh, got a lot of motivation to stay hidden. Yes. Well, but humans are terrible at hiding their tracks. <laughs> I mean, right, right. But if you've got something that's actually, if you've got someone, you've got a, a primate that is perhaps actually more intelligent than a human, but doesn't live the same way, mm-hmm. they might be better at hiding their tracks. They might be better at hiding their droppings. Not, and not all humans are bad at hiding their tracks. But and yeah, that's that's coming from an assumption. So it, propose this this being. Pro- imagine this sentient, intelligent life form that is motivated by living in a uh, a balanced, harmonious way with nature, it developing in that intellectual direction rather than the material and uh, technological path that we as humans have right well and i'm not i'm not sure so much about that but if what i'm what i'm hearing you say is that uh uh these things might be intelligent enough and want to hide from us that uh they um that they just adopted this uh, very reclusive uh society that uh, is keeping its distance right yes so but if that's the case then i wonder um, at uh, the fact that uh, we have so many footprints of them at all, and then the argument goes that they, you, if you you catch you catch them if they've made a mistake or if they want you to see them, you know maybe they're playful. And then going on to the you know the, the native point of view, right, is that there's some kind of spiritual or semi-spiritual nature to them right um or we could think of the say. way dumbass and i look at it at times which is uh just the same as ufos there's some young ones out there who are just zipping around going hey let's mess up some guy in the farmhouse and uh you know ruin their ruin so like their you, lives so like and their, everything yes. else like there are Sasquatches walking around like, all right, look, there's some fresh mud there. Let's make some footprints and freak out Actually, some of the local kids. Yeah, young guys. Actually, yeah, there is there is an argument. There's a Thomas Powell, a researcher named Thomas Powell, who proposes a similar idea. The, um, the adolescent kind of behavior, right? Walking out in front of a car 
You know, there's a lot of sightings that happen when you're driving in the, the quiet mountain road and all of a sudden, holy crap, there they are right in front of the car. What happened? And, uh, it, that seems to, uh, kind of go along with a sort of an adolescent behavior. Or you've got this, or if you've got this population of incredibly intelligent, careful Sasquatch, and then there's Ned. He is yeah. the one clumsy Sasquatch. And all right. the friction ridges on the prints are gonna match Ned. <laughs> yes. I, I did have that There's one they're talking about friction prints. It's like, are they all unique or are they are they finding different friction prints on different footprints? <laughs> so you know, th- still, still it seems to me if if there's a group of these Sasquatches that are daring enough to like uh, try to freak people out, run out in front of cars or whatever. That um, that if this happened uh, to a certain extent, we would uh, get some evidence of them. Like one one of them would uh, be a little too careless and get hit by a car, and somebody would have a Bigfoot Sasquatch to drag back to uh, society. Well, mm-hmm. you know, the so other thing is, it's, it seems yeah, like it's not uh, something that could be happening a whole lot. I mean, I, I, it, it seems to me like even like uh, only, even if it's happening at all, only a very tiny amount of the reported um, uh, encounters would have would have to be that way. Otherwise, uh, one of the encounters would have resulted in proof by now. Uh, Does State Farm cover a big body? Well, yeah, give <laughs> give me a body. Yeah, I, I I really do feel like give me a body is is the best thing that that we can have, right? But yep. the the other the other part is, I mean, I forget where it was that there was a there was a it was some sort of leopard and and they. They thought that they were out, you know, in this community and they found they they were finally able to, to track down hair and they did DNA sampling. And so and, and they had enough of it that they were able to conclusively say, OK, there's the, the leopards are in this area. And then they finally found them. The, the issue the that I, well, clouded leopard, I think it is the clouded leopard. Yeah. Um, on camera for the first time stalking through the Demerick forest in uh, 2010. OK, is one of them. Yeah. So but. They 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 left. But where evidence. have they been before? Well, I um could never see them. Yeah, well, but the the leopard is is extremely adept at at, at hiding, right? Exactly. But here's oh, things that, me, but they left but, but they Holy left sugars. but they left evidence, and and uh, we see that with Bigfoot, people will claim that they have Bigfoot hair, and it's always buffalo or something, right? So we don't have mm-hmm. that. We don't have the poop. You know the other thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just there's just two. I mean, there's just now, there's some things that could. So now I I do know of there there have been some collections of of hair and fee samples that have been analyzed and there's there's some DNA studies. Uh, I forget her name. Yeah, Ketchum, she was the yeah Ketchum, and that did that. Uh, my understanding is that that there was that was done pretty poorly. Yeah. So unfortunately, what happens with some of the and this is kind of the, the, the catch-22 with a lot of the, the research that happens is it's not, you know, it's not credible scientists that are doing the research. Um, and therefore, the, you know, there's there's problems with the collection. There's problems with the analyzation, some some corruptibility elements. Well, and I don't remember yeah. the, the details of Ketchum's background specifically, uh, not to tear her apart too, too much, but. Um, this it's difficult because here's the thing with the, with the leopard DNA we had something to compare it to right and with Bigfoot we do not 
And so what we're looking for is is a piece of DNA that doesn't match anything or or the, or, right, or something that something we can to follow. Compare it to, yeah, right? Exactly. So yeah, exactly. With, so it's with difficult. DNA sequences, you need something to compare it to and without something definitive to compare it to, right? So oh, yeah, right. we're looking at gorilla and human as the closest theoretical counterparts to this creature and then there's that but here's the thing but at least we would have then even if we couldn't say well we can't say that this is bigfoot but what we can say is that it doesn't match any other known specimens and right and it'd be nice to have that at least right because that because that would lend a a bit of credibility doesn't say there's a bigfoot out there but it says there's something out there that we that we don't know what it is and we need to keep looking you alleviate all the knowns and then the unknown becomes its own thing. Right. Until then you contribute more and more of that unknown. We have stuff to compare that to and you create a body of evidence. Yeah. That makes it makes it an interesting challenge. Yeah. Which um, leads to some theories of maybe maybe they're more I don't know, maybe more human than than one might be willing to admit. Um, okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you mean because I, I would. I mean, if if they are, I don't, I don't have an issue admitting that. I mean, it it looks like if it is, you know, it's it's some sort of ancestor, right? That mm-hmm. that that maybe. I mean, maybe Neanderthal is still alive. Well, and from what? Well, from actually, what it seems, Brian, we've mm-hmm. got humans with Neanderthal DNA. Right. Well, we would yeah. be yeah. So we'd we've, be able to match it. Yeah. I have. I've done my twenty three and me. I have more than average Neanderthal DNA, actually. Well, and also, it shows. Brian, if it's an ancestor, I think people would be in a lot bigger danger. There'd be a lot more of them. <laughs> oh, Referring to the book Ancestor by Scott. Sanders. Yes, I, I, I got it. I, I know. I'm saying that for Jason. Oh, Matthew. okay. I'm not familiar. He's a, he's an uh, author. Yeah, he well, obviously he wrote yeah. a book. Right. Um, the the ancestor, the ancestor project in this book was to try to try to create a human ancestor by basically making a creature. By sequencing DNA and creating an embryo in a cow host body, and they did, but it turned out to be a super. Uh, So it it ate its own weight in in food like every 24 hours, like Mm. a weasel. Um, Wow. Yeah, and uh, fortunately they were fortunately they were trapped on an island at the end of the. But I guess there's supposed to be a another book called Descendant coming out. So cool. So what, el- what what else do we need to look at on here? So where where do we leave off? Um, can I throw one more thing in here real quick, and then I'll I'll, I'll shut my mouth. But the you were talking about the fact that the foot was considered to be more hand like, but I'm looking at the comparison of a human foot versus a gorilla foot, and there's a very very great separation between the the thumb toe and our big toe, and the rest of the the rest of the foot on a gorilla's foot. So I'm kind of surprised that that doesn't show in these in in the Bigfoot prints where they actually do look more like human prints. Yeah, they do. More foot like, but more it's flatter and more. Yeah, no arch or square. No real arch. Right? No arch and in place. Uh, yeah, flatter. Right. Flatter, yeah. fatter, and with the metatarsal hinge. And I, I think that's. Kind of like a hybridization, we'll but, say, like between the hand and the 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 foot kind of morphology. But it, are, isn't it isn't it um when we see primates that that with that at the flat of the foot, the more likely they are to be a tree dweller, right? Mm. Be, because the arch develops as we as we walk on land, 
you know, to, to uh-huh. support support the rest of the body and the ankle and, and stuff like that. It, it changes. So, you know, we look at our early ancestors and the ones that were flat footed spent more time in trees. Uh-huh. So if that's the case, then then we've got it. Then, you know, I mean, is, is Bigfoot a tree dweller, a 20 foot tree dweller? If he is, he doesn't probably have to Probably not. There's not a lot of trees that would be really able to support that. Lot, yeah, I haven't really seen a lot of um, in the trees, kind of. They're, they're usually depicted or, or observed on the ground. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a mystery. Yep. But from what I understand, of the theory behind this is that two things. Is that the ankle appears to be more uh, forward than, you know, on a human foot. It's farther back on the heel. This, these prints appear to indicate that the ankle, the center of, of gravity for the foot, is set farther forward, removing the arch and adding this metatarsal hinge. So I don't know. You know, I the I personally don't know of a whole lot of of uh, accounts of Sasquatch or Bigfoot being in the trees and. Uh, most of what what I understand of uh, the theory behind why the footprints manifest this way is because of this proposed uh, physics of of the foot biology that that's set up that way to accommodate the larger weight of the creature. Right, but we Not see being we see just myself. Yeah, we and, see in humans though that you know people that are flat footed have difficulty walking they, they they can't walk for as long a stretch i mean that's why that's why we have shoes with arch supports and stuff like that to support that arch to you know to encourage them to be able to walk properly so it seems to me that if it's flat-footed it's not going to be traveling that far but i mean i'm mean, saying we, we we would have to i mean we, we really need a uh, um a biologist to look at that or even right or yeah uh a Biologists and or, more yeah. more than just footprints. Right? Maybe a uh, I mean that that would be interesting to, to even ask a uh, foot doctor, a podiatrist, right, about that that right sure. there. That would be a great direction to go. Or if you've got Bigfoots out there looking for size forty eight triple wide with good <laughs> arch support, <laughs> you know, stopping in to pay less shoes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've got flat feet. I used to wear arch supports, but I don't really use them anymore. I, I don't find it affects me that much, but I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe my feet get tired more than a regular person would. Now, there is another point, though. There are there are a number of cases where they are observed to be on all fours. Okay. 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 That could be. Um, so there there is a, um, a a potential mix, right? So sometimes they walk upright. Sometimes they walk on all fours. Without, okay. Without a hip bone, right? Or, you know, again, the skeletal structure to observe right. the skeletal structure. It's kind of like, you know, back engineering a, <laughs> back engineering a, a submarine from photographs. Right. Right. Or yeah. impressions that are left. It's Reverse like, engineering a submarine from a, a left behind periscope. Yeah. Right. Well, at least even that's, that would be like uh, a bone was where we go into paleontology. Yeah. Um, so there's there's some there's some mystery left, but there's there's there is some definitive uh, or at least uh, more credible research being approached to it. And unfortunately, uh, you know, there's there's less resources, and um, I guess there there are less resources 
for credible Bigfoot research than there even are for UFOs. Yeah, well, that no, there is some. There is a uh, on Scientific America. They have a uh, an article called "Bad Anatomy," and mm. and they're reviewing, I think, this very thing. And I haven't. I just found this. I haven't had a chance to read it. So I'll be interested to see what Scientific America had to say about it. But I know that in well, their, their conclusion... Meldrum study or Ketchum? Um, no, Jeffrey um, Meldrum, the, the one that we're looking at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah not On Ketchum. Scientific On Scientific American. Yeah, I, I will make sure that you get a copy of this, that, that cool. you get this link. I like Scientific American. Yeah, let's see. But like I said, I haven't had a chance to read it. I, I just found it. Um, but that Nope, that's the wrong thing. It didn't It didn't go. Anyway, I, I will, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. And so, cool. and um, do I have your email address? Mm, I don't know that you do. Okay. You can um, actually use the use the club email, the Crypto Science Society X at Gmail dot com. Crypto Society. And so, and and actually, so I, I guess is, is there a conclusion here? I mean, are 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 um are, are we are we done with this? We don't know if yeah. it's all there, yeah. but we'll see it's... whenever it happens. We brought up, I, I think we brought up some interesting questions. Yeah, I think so. A lot of questions, yeah. And we are, we are st- left with an inevitable unknown. Yeah. We are, no, we are no closer to understanding anything about Sasquatch, except for the fact that he likes Jack Link's <laughs> right, Well, Jason, why don't you and, tell people where, where they can reach out to you? It's probably a good idea to mess yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah. And he did spend some time with a family called the Henderson. That is true. Yep. All right. <laughs> Jason, are we gonna are we gonna leave it off here tonight? I think so. Yeah, Jason, tell people how they can reach you. Okay. Yeah. Um, probably the best way would be to either go to the the website cryptosciencesociety.com. You can email me at cryptosciencesocietyx at gmail.com. Or um, we have uh, YouTube. Probably just uh, search Crypto Science Society on YouTube. We've got uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And those are all good ways to keep track of uh, what we do and uh, what we're looking at. There is a Bigfoot briefing coming up. Actually, if anybody is more interested uh, uh, interested in learning a little bit more from someone a little more expert on the topic than myself, um, we've got some friends in the uh, SIR groups, uh, Sasquatch Investigations of Colorado, joining us for a public event next Saturday at Turn a Page Bookshop in Aurora. Um, you can find all those details on our Facebook public page. And, um, yeah, we can go from there. All right. Dig a little deeper. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Right. Thank you. It's always fun being on. Hey, Jason, wait on for a minute after the, after we close the show. I have okay. one, one question. All right. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. another one in the can. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 License. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash p-k-a-n-o-l. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace 
facebook.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.